right, I have to admit, I totally ate my words this weekend as we saw the fifth first-time winner of the 2022 season. And looking around the playoff grid, things are getting a little spicy as we inch towards 16 different winners. The question is, with eight regular season races left, can we actually reach that number? This episode of Above Feel Aligned is presented by Haymaker Coffee. If you work hard, run hard, fight hard, and play hard, Haymaker Coffee has the coffee for you. Make sure to use the promo code RACE10 to get 10% off your order of Haymaker Coffee. Hey Race fans, it's Taylor, and welcome back to Above the Yellow Line. I hope you all had a great holiday weekend. We're able to do some barbecuing, hang out with friends, maybe see some fireworks, and maybe some of you were actually at Road America, and I will say the Road America race was pretty interesting from a logistical standpoint, and what, what do I mean by that? Well, let's get to our results of the quick trip to 50 at Road America. It was a race for Chase Elliott to lose and during one of the last green flag pit stops when he and Tyler Reddick went to pit road at the same time, that is exactly where he lost it. After a bunch of bumping and banging, back and forth battling, Tyler Reddick was able to get in front of Chase Elliott and after 92 starts in the NASCAR Cup Series and after five runner-up finishes, we can finally say that Tyler Reddick is a NASCAR Cup Series winner. This is where I ate my words, you guys. I'm going to be honest. I lost faith in the eight team. I thought that they weren't going to win this year after the beginning of the season. I just saw a decline in the team, but this is the strongest I have seen Tyler Reddick run in a while. So congrats to Tyler Reddick. Congrats to Randall Burnett, his crew chief, who is also celebrating his first Cup Series win. A really big win for the whole RCR organization as both drivers were out of the playoffs until Sunday, where Tyler Reddick was able to make his way in on a win. So congrats to the eight team. Now, there's also a few stats got to mention with this win that are pretty interesting. First off for RCR, this ends the 71 winless streak for that organization. This also makes five first-time winners of the 2022 season, three of those coming from the three road course races that we've been at so far. And then finally, I got to bring up a Strigley stat brought to you by our stat wizard at tobychristie.com, Joseph Strigley. He says that after 18 races in the 2022 season, we have yet to see a three-time winner. And this is actually the first time that has ever happened in the NASCAR Cup Series, which is absolutely wild. I thought we would have at least seen somebody win three times so far, but with this next-gen car presenting a lot of parity, nobody's really standing out. So that's a very interesting stat that totally boggled my mind. Now that I have the mind-boggling stats out of my brain, for the most part, let's go to our top 10 at Road America, starting with Chase Elliott in the second position. We gotta bring up another Swrigley stat here. Elliott, who led 36 laps on Sunday, is now tied with Kyle Busch for the most laps led on a road course. Amongst the active drivers in the NASCAR Cup Series, that is 404 laps led. Then in fourth and fifth place, we have Ross Chastain and Daniel Suarez. They scored their second ever double top five result, that first one coming from Atlanta for that organization. Then in sixth place, we have Chris Buescher, and something interesting about his race on Sunday is that, of course, we know that loose wheel penalty at Nashville. He was supposed to lose his crew chief, the rear tire changer, and the jackman. Well, that didn't actually happen. Buescher's team actually appealed the loose tire penalty to give them one more week together as they thought he had a really good chance to win at Road America. Unfortunately, his car was a little bit worse than Sonoma. We didn't see him dominate the race like we did at Sonoma, so unfortunately for him, the appeal didn't necessarily work out in their favor, but it was worth an attempt. Then in seventh, we have Austin Cindric. This is his third top 10 in a row and fifth of the season. Then in eighth place, back in the top 10, we have Michael McDowell. This is his seventh top 10 of the season, which as we say each week as he gets those top 10s is a career best for a single season. 
Next up in the ninth position, we have AJ Allmendinger, who finally finds himself in the top 10 through all of his Cup Series starts so far this season. And then finally, in 10th position, we have Kevin Harvick, who finds himself in the top 10 seven times in the past nine races. So we talked about the top 10. Let's jump ahead to talking about the guys that did not finish this race. In 31st position, we have Austin Dillon with around two laps to go, one lap to go. According to the incident report for this race, he actually lost his brakes. I thought this was about to be a tragedy because I thought that he was going to pull out the caution that would have ended Tyler Reddick's chance for a win because Tyler Reddick has always been a bridesmaid. He's always so close. I figured that would be the case this weekend. Thank God it was not. And I know Richard Childress after the race, I mean, he seemed like he was going to be pretty pissed at Austin Dillon if he pulled out the caution. That would have been a pretty pretty interesting team meeting going into this week, but luckily none of that happened. But unfortunately for Austin Dillon, who was running pretty well all day Sunday, ended up finishing in 31st. Next up in the 35th position, we have Bubba Wallace, who did not finish from this race. Lap 25, Joey Logano locked up his brakes going into turn five, ended up colliding with Bubba Wallace, spun him out. So that was a bit frustrating, but that wasn't, that wasn't the only thing that happened on Sunday. On lap 35, Wallace got into the gravel, and then with around six to go, he actually lost his brakes and I think potentially ran out of fuel. You'll have to fact check me on that, but that is the incident report, or at least what it said, that he lost his brakes and had to retire from the race at that point. Finally, in last place, not finishing from this race, was Loris Hensmans, who was the 2019 and 2021 NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series champ. Unfortunately, there was an issue with the fuel pump on the car, and he had to retire from the race. After our results, let's look at the point standings. Let's start with the above the yellow line point standings. And if you remember last week, I chose Tyler Reddick to win. Unfortunately for me, that didn't work out at all. I should have kept him this week wasn't thinking, and I chose Chase Elliott instead. Of course, he finished in second place, which means I did get the highest points for the weekend. I now have 46 points. And even though I got the most points this weekend, I am not leading our point standings. That honor goes to Adam with a pick of Michael McDowell, adding three points to his total of 50. Now, Dom Joseph, poor guy. He didn't realize that Kyle Busch was going to the rear of the field to start this race. And of course, Kyle Busch had a ton of issues on Sunday. We'll, we'll go into that in a second. But he got the least amount of points for the day, technically. So now he has a total of 43 points. And an even more tragic, Brandon Lowe did not qualify for this race, meaning he did not get his race pick in time. So therefore, he did not get to make a race pick. He earns zero points for this weekend, but he's also not in last place. I'm going to really have to rethink how we do this points battle next year, but how the points stand right now, Brandon Lowe has 44 points. Now let's take a look at our playoff grid. Of course, with Tyler Reddick winning, that makes 13 different winners so far in the 2022 season. And unfortunately, that leaves only three spots left in the playoffs. So there's a lot of worry going on with those three guys that are above the cutoff line trying to keep their heads above water. But let's take a look at our guys that have won so far and are safe. Chase Elliott leads the point standings in the playoff with two wins. Then we have Ross Chastain, William Byron, Joey Logano, and Denny Hamlin, all with two wins each. Then with one win, we have Kyle Larson, Tyler Reddick actually seventh in the playoff standings, Kurt Busch in eighth, Briscoe, Daniel Suarez, Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, and Austin Sindrick all with one win each. Now, if we look at our guys that are in the playoffs on points, this is where things get kind of interesting. Ryan Blaney, plus 112 to the good above the cutoff line. He had a very interesting strategy on Sunday where he actually stayed out to win stage two. I kind of considered that he would probably try to go for a race win, but in my brain, he's also playing the long game. I think his team is realizing, you know, I think we're good being in the playoffs. They're taking a risk and not thinking that we're going to get 16 different winners. So they're playing this as if he is fighting for every single playoff point on the line so we can sit really well when we go into the round of 16. So I don't think that's a bad strategy call at all to try to get that stage win. And he did get that stage win during the Road America race. 
very risky, but I think it's going to work out for Ryan Blaney. Potentially, we'll talk about my thoughts about 16 different winners in the season, but so far right now, Ryan Blaney sitting plus 112 to the good. Behind him, we have Martin Truex Jr. plus 61 to the good, and then Christopher Bell, who I think has a little bit to worry about, plus 20 to the good, bumping out Kevin Harvick, who sits minus 20 below the playoff line. And Harvick has a pretty good gap between him and teammate Eric Almirola, who sits minus 47 below the cutoff line. Right after him, we have Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Michael McDowell, Chris Buescher, Justin Haley, and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who moved Bubba Wallace out of the 24th position in points. Stenhouse sits minus 172 below the cutoff line in points. You know, I was taking a look at the playoff grid, and a lot of things made sense to me for sure, and a lot of things didn't. You know, seeing Michael Dow get those constant top 10s, I'm shocked that he is as far below the cutoff line as he actually is. I can say the same thing for Eric Jones. We were talking about the top 10s for Kevin Harvick. It's just how things fell and with all these wins. I know if Denny Hamlin didn't have a win, he would be sitting way below the cutoff line, so that's one thing I got to keep in mind is the people that won might not have done well this season points-wise, but they got the win and they're into the playoffs. So that's what makes this a little bit tricky. Now, do I think that Kevin Harvick can maybe get his way into the playoffs? I think maybe. I mean, minus 20 points isn't that bad, especially with eight races left in the regular season. I feel like with the Toyotas and how much they're struggling, he could definitely bump Christopher Bell out of playoff contention. It's just going to take a lot of consistency from the four team, and I think that they could possibly do it. For Eric Almarola, that I'm not so sure. I think Kevin Harvick has a stronger team right now than the Almarola 10 team. So we'll have to see, but I, I at least think that Kevin Harvick could bump his way in on points if we don't have 16 different winners. This is where things get a little technical. I do think, I know I've changed my tune on this so many times. I think it was last week or two weeks ago, or even when we were doing the mid-season review when I was like, there's no way we're going to get 16 different winners. I'm going to change my tune. Um, now I'm going to change my mind. I think we actually have the chance to. We have two super speedway races. Technically, I'm going to count Atlanta into that. We also have two road course races, which if we're keeping with the trend, every road course that we have had so far has given us a brand new winner to the Cup Series. So that gives us the potential to maybe have four different winners. And of course, that's going to get dicey because of course, there's three spots left in the playoffs. If we get four different winners, I that's going to be chaotic. Don't even know how that's going to happen, but I want to make bold predictions as to who those winners are going to be. I'm going to lay three different names on the table. You might not agree with me, but I'm going to give you the name of the driver and the track that they're going to win at to give us the 16 different winners this season. So one, I think Ryan Blaney is going to win at Atlanta, and here is why. Yes, he's one of the old configuration, but he's pretty decent at the track. Plus, he's also a really good super speedway racer. He's been able to figure it out before. Also, if you remember the Atlanta race in the spring, he was so close to winning until he got to the back bumper of Bubba Wallace. Ended up getting him a little loose. Then he collided into the wall a little bit with Chase Briscoe. Didn't have a good finish, finished outside the top 10, but he was close. He was going to win it. I can guarantee you he was probably going to win it or at least finish in the top three if that didn't happen. But I think he's going to redeem himself with a win at Atlanta coming up this weekend. Now I want to look at a short track race. Now this guy did not win the Richmond race in the spring, but it went to his teammate, Denny Hamlin. I think that Martin Truex Jr. is a shoo-in to win the Richmond race coming up near the end of the regular season. Finally, we have to look at the race before the playoffs begin, that Daytona race. It is bound to give us a surprise winner. If it doesn't, I will be shocked. But I think, sticking with my preseason predictions at least a little bit, I, I thought that this driver would have had two wins by now. Boy, was I wrong. But I think Brad Keselowski is going to be our third and final winner of the three that I am predicting to get us to that magical number of 16 winners in the 2022 season. Like I said, you can totally disagree with me, but let me know in the comments below who you think those winners could be and if we're going to reach that that magic number of 16 different winners.
So with that being said, we looked at our points, we looked at our results. Let's go to our LVP and MVP of the week presented by Zyla Ware. The LVP of the week. I think they've been the LVP maybe two or three times already this season, but it's got to go to Toyota. They had a really bad weekend. I mentioned Kyle Busch did not have a good finish. He finished in the 29th position. He had to change the engine before the race. Then he spun out in the early stages of the race. And then he also had a pit road penalty for speeding. Not a good weekend for Kyle Busch. And then we also have to look at Denny Hamlin, who finished in the 17th position. They mentioned this crazy stat on the broadcast where he has 20 five penalties so far this season. And then right after that, he added a 26th for the same exact thing. He went through too many pit boxes, entering and exiting pit road back to back. Not good for that team. Like, that has to be a record. I don't even know if I've ever heard of a driver having 26 penalties in a season. I, I at least recently haven't heard about that, but that just tells me that Denny Hamlin is maybe checked out because a lot of these have been self-inflicted. Of course, I know we had that loose tire at Dover. That's not his fault. But I remember at Las Vegas, at least the first time I was like, wow, something's up with Denny Hamlin. The mentality is just not there. He missed a shift, blew the engine on that car. He's also had multiple pit road penalties, whether it's for speeding or Something of the sort, just he, he's not there this season, and I'm not sure what it is. Of course, he has two wins, so that can totally contradict what I'm saying right now, but I mean, he's into the, to the playoffs based on those wins. It's not based on his points racing. It's, it's just none of that. So don't know what's happening to Denny Hamlin, but if that doesn't tell you that there's been a bad weekend for Toyota, a bad season for Toyota, I don't know what will. So Toyota, you are my LVP of the week. Then the MVP of the week, guys, we mentioned the stats earlier in the show. It's Tyler Reddick with his first Cup Series win of his career. Congrats to Tyler Reddick. And the A-Team, you are the Xyloware MVP of the week. Now it is time to rate this race above or below the yellow line. Let's start by looking at our Twitter poll results. Only 15% of you said this was a great race. 35% of you said this was good. 31% said okay. And 19% said bad. More specific comments from you, at Carter underscore 614 said, other than being gut punched by the racing gods themselves, KFB fan talking, the race was pretty good, 8 out of 10. Scotty Sprinkle said, while it wasn't on Formula 1 or IndyCar level, I actually enjoyed it. Kind of does off mentally near stage 2, but once the final stage started, I enjoyed watching the battles, especially Reddick versus Elliot, enjoyed watching it even if it wasn't the best. Steve Paris said it was a good race, just showed how much learning almost everyone has to do in these cars. Glad Reddick made a battle for the lead of it. Above the Line crew member, Adam Lucas said today was an interesting race with very little passing for the lead. However, there were some decent battles throughout the field. Road America was not a great or good race. It was decent at best and will only be memorable for the final pit stop and battle between Chase Elliott and Tyler Reddick. Another spot on the calendar to check off and move on from. I hope we do not lose this majestic road course in the near future. It would be a shame. I'm giving this race a 53 out of 100, just above the line. Finally from Gabe, he said it was okay. Wasn't good enough to save it from getting cut for Chicago next year. It doesn't feel like a 4th of July race. Whoa, Gabe. Okay, hold the phone. Hold the phone. I, I do not agree with you here where we should be removing Road America for the Chicago street course. If anything, if we're going to replace any road course, it's got to be Sonoma. We already have two other races in California, that being the Clash in Auto Club. We don't need a third. I, I think we can expand our market to the beautiful state of Wisconsin. So I think Road America has to stay. It shouldn't stay as the 4th of July race. However, I know it's Road America. America's in the title. 4th of July. How beautiful is that? I just don't like where it is in the schedule. I think that we should personally be bringing Daytona back to the 4th of July race. However, I really do like Daytona being the last race before the playoffs begin. It adds a lot of drama, but I think Road America has to stay. It will be a total crime if we took it off the schedule. 
Now for the race itself, I do have to agree with Gabe and some of the comments here that it was kind of boring, kind of mid, kind of par. I didn't fall asleep during the race. I know a lot of you in the comments said that you did, which that's fine. I, I know it wasn't the most exciting race. I will say though, what woke me up a little bit was that battle between Reddick and Elliot. That was pretty exciting, but that was kind of it for this race. It was a solid race. There was nothing bad about it, but just wasn't the most exciting thing. Not all races can be winners, as I say a lot on this show. So for that reason, I have to give this race a rating of 56% above the low line. So that's still pretty good, but not as good as I was expecting for the 4th of July weekend. The quick trip to 50 is in the past. Now let's move to the present where we're looking ahead to this weekend at Atlanta for the Quaker State 400. Let's start off with your track facts and driver stats. For Atlanta Motor Speedway, the track length is 1.54 miles long and the race length is 260 laps or 400 miles. Stage one is 80 laps. Stage two is also 80 laps and the final stage is 100 laps. Next up to your driver stats, finally they're interesting this week as we've been to Atlanta Motor Speedway many times. The last driver to win this race in the spring was William Byron. The active driver with the most track wins is Kurt Busch with four. The active driver with the best average finish at this track is Chase Elliott with an average finishing position of 12.6. The team with the most track wins is Hendrick Motorsports with 15. And finally, the wins by manufacturer. Chevrolet has 42, Ford has 34, and Toyota has three. And a Toyota has not won at Atlanta Motor Speedway since 2013 with Kyle Busch. It has been quite some time, but all this information coming from RacingReference.com. So those are your track facts and driver stats for the Atlanta race. Before we get to our two watch to worry, I want to get to two important points. One, we might be dealing with some serious heat at Atlanta this weekend. We also might be dealing with some rain. So without really knowing the track conditions for this weekend and what to expect, these drivers might be thrown for a loop. You can't really look at your notebook for the spring race. Bring it here because it's going to be totally different. And actually, Dom Joseph, above the line crew member and social reporter, was able to talk to Chase Elliott about this very thing. Here is what he had to say. Chase, there have been a lot of hot days in Atlanta. If yeah. it's going to be like that on race day, Sunday, how do you prepare yourself for a race like that where it's going to be really hot and the track's going to be really slick? Yeah, I wondered why we're doing it in the middle of the day and in July. Uh, we need to ask our friends at NBC, I guess, why that's the case. But um, they need to spend more time in Atlanta in July. Maybe they would think about putting it at night for, for us, but more importantly for the people watching you know, down the road. I think it's great we have two races here. I think this is a great track to have two events here in the, in the heart of the southeast. Um, but I definitely think that uh, we should reconsider those things. But look, it's going to be hot. You know, we we'll try to be hydrated and prepared. That's about all you can do. You know, just uh, embrace it. First of all, anytime we get some personality from Chase Elliott, I absolutely love that. So I'm very appreciative of Dom Joseph being able to get this quote for us. Second, I do agree with Chase Elliott here on the timing of this race, not knowing exactly how the weather's going to look out, but understanding that this is Atlanta in the summer. It's going to be hot and scheduling this in the middle of the day. I'm not sure why that was the case. I'm not sure what forced NBC's hand to do that or if there was another option, but I'm not liking these summer races being mid-afternoon. It's going to be hot for the fans and pretty miserable for the drivers as well. Second thing we have to talk about with the heat potential, with the rain potential, there is no practice this weekend. We just go to qualifying and then we race. That is a horrible idea, especially with this being a new configuration. I have no clue who decided that this was a rule for this weekend, but it is a big mistake. The teams have nothing to base their cars off of. I think we're going to see a lot more wrecks. My prediction, we're going to see over 10 wrecks or 10 cautions this race that does not even include the cautions for the stage breaks. It's, I think it's going to be a challenging one to watch. I think we're going to see a lot of incidents that could be prevented with practice. So 
that's going to be another thing and another storyline to look out for this weekend, the weather and no practice and how that affects these drivers. Finally, let's get to our two watch to worry for this weekend at Atlanta. I picked two drivers that we got to worry about and two drivers to watch for success. First driver I'm going to be worried about is in the Toyota camp. I'm going to be worried about Kurt Busch. He already has a win this season from Kansas and he has the most wins at this track. My concern for him comes in that he's going to need a few more playoff points to be able to feel comfortable going into the round of 16. Another one would also be pretty good for him as well, but I'm going to be concerned because I'm not sure with this new configuration and how the Toyotas have done so far this season that he's going to be able to be successful. So Kurt Busch is the first driver I'm going to be worried about. And then as a whole, I got to be worried about the team of Joe Gibbs Racing. Not only did they have an abyss weekend at Road America, but if we take a look back to the Atlanta race in the spring, things were pretty scattered for the organization. Truex finished the Beth in 8th position, Bell finished in 23rd, and then Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch DNF from the race altogether, so pretty much I guess altogether, I'm going to be worried about the Toyotas going into the Atlanta race, but Kurt Busch and Joe Gibbs Racing are going to be my two worries. Finally, drivers to watch. I mentioned this earlier in the show, but Ryan Blaney, he was pretty good at the old Atlanta format. He's a good super speedway racer. I think he's going to do pretty well this weekend at Atlanta, considering he was very close to getting that win in the spring. And then though I said I'm worried about the Toyotas as a whole, I'm actually going to be watching Bubba Wallace because he was actually close to winning the Atlanta race in the spring as well. I mentioned that Bubba Wallace was doing pretty well and then Ryan Blaney bumped his bumper and then he had to fall back in the field a little bit. But I think Bubba Wallace has a really good shot to get that win and get himself into the playoffs. So we'll have to see how he does. But my two drivers to watch for the Atlanta race, Ryan Blaney and Bubba Wallace. So who are your two watch to worry for the Quaker State 400? Let me know in the comments below. And with that, we are done with this episode of Above the Low Line, the show where we talk all about the NASCAR Cup Series. I gotta wish my friends Dom Joseph and Rob Braining the best of luck as they cover all the action from Atlanta Motor Speedway. I myself will also be covering some racing this weekend, but for the Truck Series at Mid-Ohio, so to keep up with all the updates, from us, from those races, make sure to follow us on social media, my Twitter page, at underscore TaylorKitchen underscore, for post-race polls and daily questions. Also, make sure to follow Above the Yellow Line on Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, make sure to check out TobyChristy.com on all social media platforms to find great motorsports content and TobyChristy.com to hear and read more from the team and your favorite drivers. Last but not least, I want to thank Zyla Ware and Haymaker Coffee for supporting ATYL and TobyChristy.com. You can find all of our social pages linked in the description below, but before you check those out, make sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, share this with your friends and family, and guys, thank you so much for supporting us here at Above the Yellow Line and TobyChristy.com, and until next time, I'll see ya.